This is the movie Hall of Fame or movie hopping or whatever the fuck you want to call it for, uh, what is it, Thursday, October 31st. It's Halloween, baby. Oh, yeah. It's Halloween. Cool. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween, Adam Hall. Oh, shut up. (laughs) I don't want to hear happy Halloween from you. You don't give a fuck about Halloween. True that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're the jackass who doesn't dress up to his Halloween parties, unlike me. Uh, we'll get to that later you on. Want, you want to save that for the other podcast? I want to save that because I need Nick here for this. Because you need to shame me publicly. But so. I'll give you a bit of a tease. <laughs> By the way, Jabril's here on the other yes. line. Yes. Hello, Jabril. Your goddamn farts, Nico and Adam. <laughs> your farts. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm back. Jabril's. Great intro. Jabril's there. Um, th- this dude, Jabril... Uh, had an unsavory Halloween costume the other day. No. Unsavory. No, quite juicy. No, quite, not at all. Quite juicy. It was uh, not safe for work, <laughs> out of work, not safe for anywhere. I wouldn't leave the house in something like that. But we'll talk about it. Actually, we will have talked about it on Why Is This a Thing, You real- if you're a fan of that show. Well, you realize I, I probably have to dress up like that tomorrow. Oh, no. For the Halloween trivia that we are going to. Am I going to see you twice in that same outfit? You're going to see both Abby and I both in our costumes quite comfortably. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Just like go as the mermaid from the lighthouse and I will be less disturbed. fucked by Robert Pattinson. I'll be less disturbed. (laughs) Go as Robert Pattinson at the end of that movie and I'll be less disturbed. (laughs) How about Willem Dafoe naked? (laughs) Give me that all day. <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's changed every day. He's every day of the week. Mind. Yes, he, as <laughs> as opposed to your Halloween costume, which showed far too much skin, way too revealing. Again, this is just a tease. You can hear all about it and why is this all a right. thing? So, so listen up to that, Jabril, when the time okay. comes. Okay, yeah. you'll love we'll it. Do. Okay, forward to it. <laughs> all right, we need to talk about this movie called The Lighthouse. Um, yes, this was one that we were very excited for, especially Jabril. I feel like. You were pounding the drum on the hype train more than any of us. Yeah, it's right up my alley. It's weird. It's black and white. Mm-hmm. It's fucking off the wall. Yeah. My thing. Hey, mine too, by the way. Let's not forget yes. about me here. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a Nico thing? We'll find out. Well, yeah, we'll find out soon enough. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you've seen it twice, right, Jabril? I have. My first screening was terrible because mm. people were on their phones and the sound got muffled halfway through. Oh, so that no. sucks. Yeah, he was telling yeah. me all about this. So you said, I got to go in for seconds. Yes. <laughs> well, where were you? Were you at the AMC? No. No, no, no. no that's that, an I, out. I, 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 uh, I always think everyone goes to the AMC. Right. Because we're, we're all we're all so, so close to that. But it's like the local watering yeah, hole over yeah. here. <laughs> but you're like way out of the way. So you went somewhere. I, yeah, I went to the bow tie in Trumbull. So okay. It's not that far from me. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's a problem. See, AMC does this thing called the AMC Artisan Collection. Do you ever see those posters? No. And it's like, here's an artisan presentation of The Lighthouse. And it's supposed to be like little idiosyncratic independent movies. And that, to me, just totally went out the window when I saw Todd Phillips, The Joker, <laughs> an AMC artisan production. It's like, bro, this movie made half a billion dollars this week. You're not allowed to be like, oh, look how arty and experimental we are. But it won the Golden Lion, Nico. It's so dumb. Have I mentioned I've cooled, uh, cooled off a lot on The Joker lately? That's fine. I've cooled off. That's good. Sorry. Nothing wrong with that. What do you mean cooled off? Like you don't like it? Uh, 
it's not that I don't like it, but I've become the devil's advocate in the room for the Joker. Uh, so you're the one like like who will be like, okay, it's good, but it's like me with the Dark Knight, right? Ah, uh, right. Ah, uh, there it is. Okay. Yes, that's okay. where we are. Okay, I acknowledge. You're not- you're what? not Joe Rogan calling it brilliant. But I saw him call it brilliant. <laughs> mm. Joe Rogan will c- would call Joker brilliant, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would. <laughs> I love Joe Rogan as much as the next guy, but uh, that's a dude that has not like really grappled with his perception of masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, I think, why Joker worked for him so well, because it's just like, mm. yeah, it's gritty mm-hmm. and violent. And we do live society. in a society. Yes. Yeah, we do indeed live in a society. What I realize is the one theme of Joker is, quote, we live in a society. And that's about all the movie has to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And that's just frustrating. I don't know. Good what movie, though. Joaquin's good in it. Yeah. We're not talking yeah, about the good. Joker. Who gives a shit about the Joker? You're right. I We're... do, kind of. Me too. Yeah, I've already forgotten <laughs> about it. <laughs> Let's talk The Lighthouse, directed okay. by Robert. Eggers. Uh, Jabril, you mm-hmm. go first because you've seen it more times than both of us. So, yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I loved his first feature film, The Witch. Uh, both Me Adam too. and I have. Yeah, it's Quite a period a piece. It's a claustrophobic, atmospheric, psychological thriller about a family being torn apart by some supernatural-ish shit. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's one of the best horror movies I've seen. Uh, in a long time, it's just as good, if not better, than Hereditary, another mm-hmm. favorite uh, yep, over yep. here in this this parts. And yep. uh, I agree. What do I think about the lighthouse? I mean, I it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it did not meet my expectations. I think my expectations were a bit too high. I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to seeing it a third time on home release. But I I, I overall thought it was good. Things that I loved about it, but overall, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what Eggers does next. Oh, God, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Sim- similar experience. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. still obviously still stewing on it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm going to be done stewing on it for, for quite a while. I think mm-hmm. The Witch is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I really love The Witch. Uh, and so I was obviously pretty much just as excited for this similar level of expectations, though. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I was overhyped for this thing. Uh and I walked out of it like, like, hmm, you you maybe could have done even more. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of like, huh, we could have gone a little further than this. That wasn't fully, it, we, we didn't meet a, a, a satisfying conclusion on this, you know, thematic detail or emotional detail or character mm-hmm. detail, whatever, or even a story detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was kind of, it was a similar like eraserhead feeling coming out of it where it's like, I think, did I love that? Maybe I did. I need to think about that one for like a good month. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not just talking about the aesthetic of the film, but, j- you know, just the overall, like, what the fuck was that experience? But, um, I mean, it's probably the most well-made film I've seen this year. Probably. I think the the score is, is one of the best. I think uh, it, it's... Who did the score? Uh, God, what the... Mark, Mark Corvin? Corvin. Corvin? Yeah. Mark, Mark Corvin. Corvin, yeah. And what has he done? Anything? Did he do The Witch? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so it was quite good and and very haunting and, and atmospheric. The whole movie is like that. The cinematography, by the way, is mm-hmm. awesome, mm-hmm. and the production design is next level shit. I mean, I'm not. I'm convinced that Robert Eggers will never make a movie with bad production design because he used to be a production designer. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's that. Um, 
And there's this movie has a wonderful sense of place because of that. And I mean, it's it's filmmaking that's just palpable. And of course, the two lead performances are just oh my god, <laughs> uh, like 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 change my life. Good. <laughs> I love I love love everything that both uh, uh, Willem Dafoe and Pattinson are doing in this movie. And I can't decide which performance I like more. Although I have certain feelings about Willem Dafoe, which we'll, I guess we'll get to. And yeah, overall, I, I I really, really, really like this film. And in time, I might say I love it. But for now, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by they could have went further? With everything? <sighs> yeah, Was I, it not weird enough? No. Huh. No. I kind of feel that way, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just like from everything... I, and this this comes from like reading too much about a movie. I think yeah. I was I was expecting a lot more from what people were describing, and then I saw it and I was like, "Well, yeah, it was fucking weird, but it wasn't like that weird. It wasn't I that." Kept, disturbing. I kept hearing and, and I, sorry, I, I kept hearing Lovecraftian, so I was expecting like a, just a mind fuck. It's you know? a. I mean, it it has the 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 sort of like cynical oppressiveness that a lot of Lovecraftian stories do, and that feeling of just being cut off and nihilism and hopelessness is kind mm-hmm. of pervasive throughout the film. So there's mm-hmm. that, and there is some Lovecraftian imagery. It's not mm-hmm. like like what the movie is, though. It's not like the thing, which is just like a Lovecraftian horror story. It's mm-hmm. it's just, and the th- the thing is. I think I also expected it to be more of a horror film, and I will just say it's not a horror movie. No, I wouldn't call it that. It's not real. I mean, psychological horror-ish, very psychological, but mm-hmm. like it's not scary, yeah. and it doesn't again doesn't need to be scary per se. But it wasn't even really horrifying. Yeah, uh, I found it unnerving at certain. Yes. Sorry, I found it unnerving at certain points. There oh, were yeah. some pretty disturbing bits of imagery. <laughs> Abs- no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not taken mm-hmm. away from that. I just, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that it. it it becomes the identity of the movie, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's funny you guys say that because, you know, I'm sitting in this theater. I, I went last night, like 8, 10 or whatever, and it was packed. Like, there were very few empty seats. Yeah. And I was pretty shocked by that. Same Even here. though it's opening weekend, still like a Sunday night, and this is a fairly obscure A24 movie <laughs> shot in 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Yep. And I know, like, I guess Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are fairly big stars, but I wouldn't necessarily call this movie, like, bankable at the box office. Not really. But I'm there, and so, like, I got a good sense of what I think a general movie-going audience would think of the movie. I was, like, in between two couples. Okay. Right? Oh. So. Oh, boy. I, yeah. I felt like I was I was with the everyman here. I was like a sleeper agent going on behalf of cinephiles, and I was with the common folk sitting in the pits. And... um you know, it got a fairly good response. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things I was kind of shocked by. As I was hearing the chatter walking out of the theater and as I was in the bathroom hearing people talk about it afterwards, everyone fairly understood the movie. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, it wasn't like, what the hell was that? What does that ending mean? It was like, oh, yeah, this is a psychological thriller about a guy going crazy and his perception of time getting skewed. And an older sort of messianic figure or God figure screwing with his perception of time and turning him into a slave. And, you know, although the actual symbolism and imagery is kind of ambiguous, it's a fairly straightforward story about two guys on an island together. Yes. Um, That's one of the things I was shocked by is that, yeah, it's kind of like a racer head, but. Not really. Well, that's what man. I was saying too. Yeah, it is and it isn't. Not really. Yeah. Stylistically, it's like a racer head. But from a plot 
level, I mean, it's kind of a straightforward character study. Yes. Um, point number two I want to make. Um, I fucking adore this movie. Good. Hey. I love it. I, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And uh, it's not necessarily because of its ambition and scope and the uh, the overwrought imagery and all the allusions to Greek mythology and all the subtext. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that. Um, I just had a great time watching it. Yeah, I had a really good time in the theater. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I suppose I wasn't supposed to have that experience. I mean, I don't know what Eggers' point of view was, but I did hear him in an interview this week talking about the writing of the movie and the filming of the movie, and he made a very explicit point in the interview to say. You know, I'm not just some crazy guy in a laboratory by myself concocting my own creation for no one to enjoy. I actually make movies for the purposes of entertaining people. Mm -hmm. And my intention here was not to weird people out (laughs) and confuse them and present them this experimental piece that's supposed to, uh, you know, challenge all preconceived notions of cinema. Like, I'm still trying to make an entertaining movie here. I'm just doing it in my way. Mm -hmm. And I found myself sitting there having a pretty traditional movie-going experience during The Lighthouse, despite its weird style and weird cinematography and weird aspect ratio. I just thought it was a pretty entertaining psychological thriller with some really fun performances and some lively direction and an awesome script. Yeah. Um, And I guess my one review of The Lighthouse is as weird and as unconventional as it is, the experience of watching it was still very conventional. Um, sure. And that's why it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yep. And I'm excited to talk about it some more. I think I even liked it more than you two did. I think it did. Well, it's weird you say it because it's my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Um, but like, I knew you were going to like it. Yeah. I, I even told you because you did say that almost immediately. There's just something about it. I'm just like, yeah, no, I think he will like this movie. And a lot of that is, I think, driven by those performances yeah and just seeing how those characters kind of twist and shape throughout the movie mm-hmm. uh it's i think a lot of it for for, for us is is simply the expectations thing like right. i said i think i'll mm-hmm. i'll come to love this movie with given just a little bit of time yeah I, i'm still like just letting it sit and resonate and i think i i have a feeling that once i see it again i'll probably be like oh yeah yeah i love this movie tremendously. Right. yeah i did find myself sitting there I, I i think my preconceived notion unlike you guys, was this is going to be something very weird and very challenging. And it may feel like homework on first viewing. But as you revisit it, you'll sort of warm up to it more. Mm -hmm. Um, I was happy they didn't go weirder. I I was happy they didn't do more unexplained bullshit. Like, I was happy that there wasn't overwrought imagery to the point where I can't even understand what's happening. Um, I, I feel like if... You know, it was too experimental, which A24 occasionally does. Mm-hmm. I love A24. I think they're they're doing the Lord's work <laughs> on a consistent basis. Yep. But at times they can sort of get to hokey bullshit and the weirdness feels like a gimmick. I didn't think that was the case here at all, though. No. Um, and I am actually really excited to watch The Witch. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, The Witch is so fucking good. I'm not sure if it's a movie that I'll necessarily love, um, but I, I do like this guy's sensibility i like the cut of his jib a lot yeah um and i like how immersed he gets in the history and the dialect and Mm -hmm. the style it's like it's such a clear world that he's created for himself i agree um and the attention to detail of just the production design of the lighthouse but also like the word choices in the script Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. where willem dafoe slurs his r's you know 
he uses the word ye instead of you and mm-hmm. you know uh everything is just so meticulously constructed i love that shit man i love when a guy just dives deep into a world uh, and and a sense of place mm-hmm. um man i have very little bad to say about this movie really i really do i liked it a lot it's funny it's funny you say that about the script too because the thing that i was more impressed by than anything it's i mean the fact that he can write that dialogue to begin with, but also that he can write it in a way where he feels like he himself is is like lived in that dialect, right? Like it just feels so natural, and it just f- like kind of flows out of him in that way. And you wouldn't have, like, like the, I think while I was watching it, I was actually acutely aware of that. Yeah, where it's like, how do you write this like like it's as if it's Tarantino? Sure, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, like in the way that Tarantino just like writes this this quippy, fun, fast dialogue, but. Just, just translate that to someone in the 1900s who's a sailor. Because like, I think it's 1800s, right? It's even further back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically another language that you're writing in. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's as if like yeah. you had to learn. You have three months. Go to the library, study up on your Spanish, and write a 90 minute mm-hmm. script out of it. You wouldn't be able to do that. Hell no. <laughs> you know, and that's basically what he's doing here. He has to learn the rhythms and the dialects and the pronunciations of the time uh-huh. that's really hard but again this guy and i've seen this in interviews with him as well is really into the research yes he loves that shit it, it, for him it's not about just uh reaching into the the orifices of his brain and pulling out this totally unique creation like he enjoys the history and he wants to make it period accurate and that to him is where the creativity comes from you, you will you will get that through and through with the witch too it's yep. very similar mm-hmm. yeah very similar. so i don't understand number one how he's able to go so far deep into the the period but also to make it really funny that's the thing that <laughs> i think was the other thing that i knew was going to sway you is that it's unexpectedly like kind of hilarious oh yeah like it's a very funny movie yeah. and i was laughing through a lot of it uh-huh. <laughs> which i didn't expect I really did not expect it to go there. And it's one reviewer, I don't remember who said it, but it was he was surprised by the fact that, you know, Robert Eggers is this like ambitious masterclass filmmaker making this really new and interesting work, but he's not opposed to doing something like a fart joke. Sure. And it There's works. a lot of fart jokes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of our favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, the fart jokes did actually work. Yeah, so. You know, and. He's an interesting guy, though. You had the allusion yeah. earlier to the Big Lebowski. Yeah. You noted that before we were recording. Um, when Robert Pattinson goes and empties the can of shit and throws it out into the sea, and then it flies right back in his face. And he just screams. Like Donnie's ashes. <laughs> At the end of Big Lebowski. Yeah, there's a lot of pretty broad comedy in this. Yeah. Mm What do you think of the comedy, Jabril? Did you find it as funny as we did? No. (laughs) (laughs) For the most part, no. I mean, there were instances where I found it very funny. I think uh, that first freak out that they have where, you know, you're drunk. You don't like my cooking. I love that scene got me, you know. And then one scene at the end. But I think some of the comedy fell flat for me for some reason. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why, but was it too gross out for you? Oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it didn't go far enough. I think that's what it was. Huh? I think it didn't just one level before. I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah. Uh, this first scene where they're freaking out. You know, you don't like my cooking. You're drunk. And then yeah, the his whole monologue about him being chewed up by the seagulls. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. But uh, some other points didn't work for me. Yeah, that scene just 
pump that into my veins. <laughs> Let Poseidon strike down upon ye! <laughs> I'm going to be quoting that for the rest of my life, dude. Can we just talk about Willem Dafoe? Yes. Can we? I, I, was, I was saying this to, to Jabril. He doesn't seem to agree with me, but I, I, I texted him and I'm like, I think Brad Pitt just lost his Oscar. Oh, that's not true. That, I, I, I kind of wish it was. That's not true. The only thing, the only reason why I kind of agree is because it's hard to imagine the Academy giving the award, but I think he's so much better than Brad Pitt in every way in this movie. Well, I, I mean, I don't know about so much better. I, I, I think it's even remotely close. I, well, he's kind of the lead, though, isn't he in this? No. No. You call him supporting? No, it's, it's Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because I mean, they credit both of them in that. You know how they do that stylistic thing in credits where they put one name in the upper right hand corner and one name in the lower left hand corner, yeah. and that's supposed to be like they're both equal. They don't want to give someone top billing over the other one. Um, yeah, I. But I, he's amazing in this. Yes. This is one of my favorite Willem Dafoe performances ever, and I don't, I don't know what even comes close. And you're not even a big fan of him, right, Nico? I've uh-huh. heard you're not. A, no, he's amazing. This is just, he's fucking fantastic in this. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing I have to criticize is Pattinson's accent. Uh, overall, I think he's very good. He sounded, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell his regional accent either. He's from the East Coast or he's from Massachusetts. Sometimes he sounded a bit like Daniel Plainview, like Daniel Plainville Jr. Mm-hmm. Like when he says, Eli, you know, your farts, your farts. You smell like rotten dick. He sounds a bit like Daniel Plainville. <laughs> sounds a bit like Daniel Plainville Jr. That I've, kinda, I've heard yeah. that before. It's so funny you say that, that people have been like, yeah, his performance is very Daniel Day-Lewis and uh, yeah. uh, yeah. There Will Be Blood, which is interesting. Yeah, it, it was also kind of like a weird Boston thing. Like, yeah. He kind of sounded say, like yeah. he was yeah. out of The Departed, too. Mm-hmm. I Well, I guess the thing is, is that, I mean, yeah, the accent's a little... Probably funny. I mean, it's hard for me to say. I really don't know. But his performance is just yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Pattinson? Yeah. Yeah, Pattinson's really good. Yeah, he's just, he's great. Yeah. I, I think Defoe, for me, huh. it's the flashier performance. He steals it. Mm-hmm. I, I do think, though, it's quite commendable. He's kind of just playing Captain Ahab here. Mm-hmm. But the movie has such a keen awareness for the tropes of yep. Moby Dick and the tropes mm-hmm. of, like, old pirate storytelling of like army matey mm-hmm. you know, it, the movie dovetails into that territory without quite going there they even reference it though yeah i think at one mm-hmm. point yeah Pattinson at the end of the movie goes enough with your captain ahab bullshit <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm sick of it um it's just self-aware enough yes it's just uh tongue-in-cheek enough it's just over the top enough where I buy in. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had gone one step further, I'm like, oh, Willem Dafoe is just playing Captain Ahab. And yep. it's really cheesy and corny. This belongs in a parody film. This doesn't belong yeah. in a serious independent drama. But here, yeah, he's just, he steals every scene. Yeah, I agree. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He wins every scene. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point, though, oddly, of the film in a right. lot of ways. And why Robert Pattinson's character ends up getting so fucking, like, just utterly frustrated the entire time. Yeah. It's very, but, but again, this is another thing that... Great movies do so well is that they, uh, uh, I guess, they paint that descent into madness in a very convincing way. They don't just like jump head over heels into it. Yeah, it's very. It's it takes a lot of time and a lot of weird, kind of kind of strange and personal moments. But then the conversations just add to that, and you see why he would have just been like, "I can't stand being here anymore. I can't live with this guy anymore." Mm. And but but then it gets even stranger with his similar obsession with the lighthouse yeah and it's oddly relatable yeah i find it very relatable like as if you've ever 
if you've ever worked with people and wanted to do more than you were doing, but they just won't let you or they don't care about it or they're too obsessed with themselves to let you go a little further. Or, you know, your supervisor's in the meeting in the boardroom, but you're not invited to the meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's mm-hmm. happening behind closed doors exactly. yeah. that I'm not privy to? Mm-hmm. These people are playing with my livelihood and yeah. I have no say in the matter. It drives you nuts. Yeah. It really does. For sure. So, yeah. I, yeah, that that's definitely a workplace thing. I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, Pattinson here, the, the funny thing about his performance is... And this is another thing that happens in these sort of like psychological thriller descent into madness movies is you don't know that he's gone mad until the character does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it sort of catches you off guard. You're one step behind. So it's like this happened in Joker. Yeah. The moment that Arthur Fleck went mad uh, was sooner than you even saw it. Yeah. And the character similarly is not aware that he's going crazy until he's all the way gone. Well, that's the thing is that he's basically crazy the entire time right and you're ju- you're th- kind of thrust into it and i mean it's like thinking about it now it's like oh yeah it makes perfect sense that he was crazy the whole time right but like i it's the i think the movie wants you to believe that he goes crazy as soon as he let his co-worker die yeah by the logs and he's just kind of been slowly building and building then for, for uh basically i guess since the event and it's expressed pretty early on when he has that hallucination with the with the logs in the ocean yeah and you have no idea what that is until finally he He's kind of broken up enough to tell that story. Didn't they imply that he murdered that man? Yeah, that was the other thing. I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if the implied, like, what did he do specifically again? I thought it was implied that he wanted to murder him, but he ended up just getting crushed by the logs anyway. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I think, I'm not sure. Okay. And he stole his identity. Yes. Yeah. He was like, mm-hmm. this guy's going to work in a lighthouse. Sounds like a good life for me. So mm-hmm. I'll just assume his identity. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Don Draper-esque, spoiler alert, for those who haven't seen Mad Men. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you learned that pretty early. It's fine. Um, (laughs) What did you guys think of the pet play in this movie? Pet play fetish. (laughs) He's obsessed with this. Why are you obsessed with it? It's not. Why wouldn't you be? That's a good point. Uh, You didn't know what it was. You didn't know that was a thing until I told you. Yeah. Right, Nico? You would. (laughs) Pet play? (laughs) That's a fetish. You don't know that? I did not know the terminology, but I I assumed that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure some guys get off to treating other people as dogs. (laughs) Yeah, that happens in the movie. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) You know. That's, That's one of the scenes that fell flat for me. Really? Yeah, for some reason. I know that was supposed to be... The, I, I, people were laughing in the theater pretty hard, but like for me, I, it kind of fell flat for some reason. I was right. laughing hard. It was, a, it was a, again, like weird mixture of yeah. tone that for me worked. It was funny mm. and, and bizarre and a little creepy at the same time. It was like, mm-hmm. what is he going to do? Oh, 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 he's burying him alive. Okay. Mm. And then he's throwing dirt into his mouth and just like, ugh. Man, Defoe mm. is a trooper for that scene. Yeah. Man. Oh my God! Yeah. Imagine I'm Willem Dafoe. I played Jesus Christ in a movie, <laughs> and now they're throwing dirt on my face. Not that much different. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I'm sure he's been through worse. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like God. What a trooper. Yeah, I know. Yeah, both these guys are just incredible. I I did. It's so funny you bring up Tarantino. I mean, obviously, there's this has very little in common with the Tarantino movie. Mm. But the dialogue here between these two and the power dynamic mm-hmm. yeah. through the through the dialogue is very Tarantino-esque. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why this movie is so entertaining to me mm-hmm. is uh, every scene, you're not really sure who's in control. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what that pep play scene, that's the correct <laughs> term? Well, yes. The pep play scene is all about. <laughs> it's, this, it's this deft, I guess in that case it wasn't deft, but it's the mm-hmm. sort of subtle 
switching off of power, mm-hmm. you know? It's that the psychological ambiguity of everything and all the weirdness is actually less interesting to me. And even though I like it quite a bit, but the, the like you said, the power play and how those two characters are, I guess, trying to work one another yeah. is what makes it really tense. Right. The, the Where the film gets like striking and, and really, really eerie for me is, I guess, how they're trying to sort of oddly manipulate one another. Yeah. And I mean, and the one of my favorite scenes is when... Uh, 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 Willem Dafoe comes to find that speck on the floor. Right. And he's just yelling at him to just clean up this one tiny ass little speck and then clean it 10 times over. Yeah. And it's just like, if you don't do this, I'm going to cut your pay. And I'm just, and just standing there just like defeated afterwards. And that's the entire movie in an, in essence, just trying to one up the other person. Right. And that, and it's again, it's just a scene where it's like, yeah, I've been Robert Pattinson there before. Sure. It's just, it's really deeply affecting for me personally. Right. And it was, it kind of had me going crazy along with Robert Pattinson. <laughs> and there's another point in the movie too, where uh, I, I think it's towards the end, Defoe asks him, like, how long have we been on this island mm. exactly? Mm. You know, has it been two days? Has it been two months? Has it been years? And, you know, what what did you uh, what did you do to the boat? It doesn't at one point. And it's it's tough to know. Is this just Pattinson's uh, illusions? Is this just him slipping into madness? Or is Defoe actively participating in his descent into madness, you don't or know. are they both experiencing the same delusions yep. at the same time? Mm-hmm. There's all this interesting ambiguity here, but it's all character motivated. It's mm-hmm. it, it all comes out of these two people and their relationship with one another. Yep. Um, it's not just weirdness. It's not just oh look, we're shooting it four by three. Oh look at the tentacles and the lighthouse, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. I could give or take the shit with the mermaid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. All totally fine. Uh, I'd never want to see a mermaid vagina again. I think I've seen one too many of those in my life. <laughs> that, that that stuff's all whatever. That You're exactly right, though. It's the power dynamic mm-hmm. and the mind games that these two are playing with each other that made it so fascinating. And that's why I think this story is a lot more conventional than people are giving it credit for. It's a pretty oh, conventional movie. No, in that way, yes. I, like I said, aesthetically, no. I think the, fil- the what makes it more ambitious is that filmmaking and Robert Eggers' just firm hand at the, at, you know... Um, on the stick for directing this thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, this really is unlike anything I've seen in a while, but I do agree at the same time at the core of it, it is sort of a psychological uh, character study power play that I have seen in some sense before. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not totally unfamiliar for me in that way. Yeah. So, yeah. What did you guys think of the aspect ratio? Can we talk about this? Four by I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Me too. Okay. It's again, and it's for, I, I, I generally love it when movies do it. And I, again, you, I know you hate the the hipster logic behind it, but well. there's an element of otherworldliness to it that just it's so applicable here. Yeah, you know, it just feels like something ripped from another time, and we're again transported back then with them, and it's just, yeah, to, to me, it feels wholly appropriate here. Uh-huh. It's in. It, it, it to me it actually added added to the immersion quality. So something, Adam. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, the, the cut right before we go, we transition to the uh, the kitchen area where he's scolding him for the speck. Yeah. When we pan up, that reminded me of a uh, an edit from an old silent movie. Yeah. That sort of reminded me of that. So I think it's this- supposed to be of you know the time sort of you know. The early days of film, so that echoed that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things like that in the movie. Yeah. Especially, well, you guys were talking about Nosferatu a couple mm. weeks ago. There's, I, yeah, similar. I don't know if it's exactly Nosferatu, 
But there are there are some visual distinctions. It's definitely like when they go onto the boat in Nosferatu. Uh-huh. It's very it's like exactly like that. I mean, have you seen Nosferatu? I have not. Very good. Okay. Very very. The good. original Nosferatu? Yeah. Well, the Herzog one I, I have not seen, but apparently that one's pretty great. Uh, okay. So yeah. Well, Me, it's Werner, so of yeah, course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I think in general, um, my one complaint with with this four by three is that it's being overused as sort of like hipster shorthand. I know that that's the thing and not necessarily that it can't be used well, but do all of these movies have to be four by three? What other films are four by three? Like well, a 24, I feel like every other movies in four by three <laughs> that they I, did a ghost story. They did mid nineties mm-hmm. four by three, okay. which I like. by the way, I just saw it this week. Mid nineties, pretty good, but, um, the first reformed they did four by three yes obviously grand budapest hotel was done in four by three it's this new emerging trend which is like hey let's show less of the picture not more of it and look on its on the surface that can be used very effectively and first reformed i think it was used brilliantly yes because that's a movie about restricted narrative and about unreliable narrators mm. and it's all done in the foreground and there's you don't want to cloud the screen up with too much distraction. I think you can say a similar thing about Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. It's a condensed story. It's close quarters. You want to restrict the frame to only show these two characters and you don't want to distract the audience with too much else. But you feel mm-hmm. boxed in with them. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, I don't know how this would have played to people back in the day who were just kind of used to that, but to us now, when we jump to it, we're like, oh my God, we're, we're, we're stuck in here, you know? Yes. It makes you feel more claustrophobic. I, 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 like I said, I mean, I, I already went over that, but it sort of just added to the atmosphere and the sense of place. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think this is one of the better uses of the four okay. by three aspect ratio. And I just love the shot composition here. Mm, I just mm, thought this is yeah. some of the most unique shot composition I've seen in quite some time yeah in a few years and that's another one of like the perks of the four by three is the way that you construct a shot you don't have to worry about landscapes as much you don't have to worry about extra detail you don't have to worry about the rule of thirds yeah you know you can just set it in this box and it's almost like you're taking a photograph like on an old polaroid Uh uh you know and once you change the rules like that you have to catch up with your creativity you have to use certain tricks and take shortcuts and mm. creativity always comes from restriction and that's one of the interesting things about this movie mm-hmm. uh could not agree more i i could not see it now as a widescreen movie it has to be four by three yep i agree and that's the important thing mid 90s eh, yeah i could have gone wide on that well, i had that thought i was like why does that one need to be right a, a, a four by three grand budapest hotel same thing that's just like oh wes anderson i'm so quirky no but that one makes sense to me for similar reasons where it's setting a certain time and place it's not just four by three with that movie that movie changes from three different aspect ratios to give a sense of like i think it's the 90s 70s or 60s or something like that all the way back into the point in time where the where ray finds his character but it's all at the beginning though they do that in like 10 minutes yeah that's then most of the movie is in the four by three again well they then they go back to it at the end so to me it makes perfect sense yeah i just hate that movie i know you hate that (laughs) by the way this movie has a a fair number of uh wes anderson-esque shots like what (laughs) like the scene where he's in that pipe and then he just sticks his head out and then he he climbs the top of it with the ladder i'm just like this is so that looks exactly a wes anderson shot good point so you got me there. Pretty quirky. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, what were your favorite shots in the movie? Mm, 
I love the shot where they're drinking the the bottles of vodka, whatever, and they're just trying to beat each other to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great little little uh, point in a montage. Can a human body survive that much alcohol consumption? Some can. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I, I mean, I would, I would, I would think so. How are these you, dudes not dead? They weren't drinking water. They're sailors, dude. <laughs> they weren't hydrating. My answer is they are sailors. There was sludge coming out of the sink. They drink a lot. No, clearly they drink a lot, but like you gotta have Work some hard, carbs. Hard. <laughs> I, you gotta hydrate. Yeah, you gotta get some water. <laughs> There's water in there. It's not a hundred percent alcohol. It looked like they were drinking like straight gasoline in this movie. Well, they do. Like they start like like filtering out some of the the alcohol in the gasoline, and then they start drinking that. And Willem Dafoe's like, "Whoa!" At the very end, I'm just like, "Whoa, dude!" A baffling amount of alcohol consumption in this movie. That was my, so disgusting. <laughs> uh, my two favorite shots quickly is the pan up on the tower when yep. we're seeing the what's that called? Uh, it, the, the beacon. Weather. The beacon oh. as the winds are the winds are changing here. And my favorite is the overhead shot when they're fucking animalistically going. Mm. Love that. What? So good. What? 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 Oh, it's so great. Mm. I, my favorite shot, though, I, I it's tough though, dude. I have a lot of favorite shots, and well, a lot of shots that I love. Any, any time they uh, they they pan up into the lighthouse. But it's not like from the outside. It's it's a constructed set that they're going through the floorboards, and you just get that beautiful, uh, like uh, the beautiful shot of the actual light itself. I love anything like that. Mm-hmm. But then I I like a lot of the ambitious stuff, like uh uh like the tentacles grabbing him, of course. Le- less so, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like the spinning shot of the uh of the lighthouse as well for when he's losing his mind and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know what I think is my favorite actually is when Willem Dafoe is running with the axe. Oh yeah, that's a very, very tense and and creepy atmospheric shot that looks like something that's ripped right out of a silent film. But also yeah. kind of slapstick though. Yeah, very bit. broad. Like when he runs in chasing after the axe, it's pretty yeah. hilarious. The scene where he kills Willem Dafoe is kind of mm. funny too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's so like matter of fact and random and quick. It's just like oh 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 god, I guess he just plunged it into his head. Yeah. Okay. Good foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I thought g- you'd split me skull in two. Yeah. <laughs> I love Defoe in this movie. Oh, he's so good. Give this Fuck man the Oscar. <laughs> Give him the Oscar right now. I'm I'm down for it, man. I'll uh, Brad can move over next year. Next year will be the year, Brad. Yeah. No, I does th- Defoe have one? No. 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 Bunch of nominations though, right? Brad Pitt mm. does have one, but for producing. Oh right. Yeah. Uh. Defoe has been nominated for At Eternity's Gate last year, the Van Gogh movie, mm-hmm. uh, The Florida Project, Shadow of the Vampire, and Platoon. Four nominations. Doesn't have a win yet. Yep. Uh, mm. Yeah, maybe this will be the year. I'm, no, I'm serious. Like I, I know, I know it's a weird one, but I feel like the Academy is going to be like, I, it's too good. You it's think too, it's too good? Yeah. Hmm. It's too damn good. Could be, man. Dude, how great when Robert Pattinson is beating that that bird into a pulp that (laughs) scene was crazy and i loved every single little second of it it was awesome i uh, mm, loved it this movie's just so visceral it's just turned up to 11 the entire time yep you know that's what i love about it more than anything else is like it was a thrill ride for a pretty quiet movie that that's very interior and very psychological and independent feeling like this was 
one of the more thrilling movies I've seen this year. Yeah. I think definitely the most thrilling movie I've seen this year. Well, it's also the editing pace. Yeah. There's a big, and, and I'm going to bring up a, a distinction. Uh, the editing pace in this is far more contemporary. I think that's why it actually feels more like a contemporary film is because like, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Blade Runner 2049 have very similar editing paces where you're not clapping a lot for every cut. Whereas uh, this is like... This is, I mean, it, it really does move like al- almost similarly to the way some action films move. It's very well paced. Yes, it's, it's fast. Yes, it's very very fast. And uh, I think that because a lot of movies like this don't generally uh, they don't move quite like that. They and they they really hold on like these long 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 takes for 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 quite a bit of time. And mm-hmm. different than Eraserhead, honestly, which has a lot of shots like that, where it's just like one shot of Henry just sitting at his bed thinking about something. You know, it's not it's not exactly. I, I don't know. It's a little more methodical. And this movie, for some reason, actually took the time to like like make it more thrilling in that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not to say that Eraserhead or those other films are not thrilling, but they're thrilling in a very different in a very different way and for a very different means, I guess. Yes. So. Yeah. All right. I, I agree entirely. Yeah. How about that ending? Let's talk about it. Oh, oh, oh God. I love it. Yeah, I love the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I think I love the ending. Yeah. So that was the funniest shot in the movie. What, what, <laughs> of him falling down the stairs. <laughs> that's the scene where he's screaming is freaky yeah. as hell to me it is yeah, yeah. well because they blow out the sound yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah blown out sound is terrifying man because yeah. mm-hmm. you you never ever ever see it in movies that's yeah. the other thing i haven't seen that in a long time well lynch does it quite a bit actually yeah lynch does like the super turned up volume you, you can barely make out what they're hearing a lot of bass mm-hmm. yeah well lynch is brilliant in yeah. terms of sound design speaking too. of which yeah. if i may make an aside our sure. boy got the Oscar last night. Hell yeah, he did. Who got the Oscar last night? Lynch got like a creative Oscar. Oh, it's an honorary Oscar. Honorary Oscar. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. I heard about that. Mm. I, oh. There was a great picture online of Kyle McLaughlin and Laura Dern with mm. David Lynch. Oh. McLaughlin tweeted out and he was like, so happy for my buddy Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> And David Lloyd sent something to the effect of it was like 10 seconds long. He says, like, you know, I, I love you have such interesting faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. Uh, David Lynch is actually your dad. Jabril, David Lynch is now in the room on the other line. <laughs> Dave. Hi. So good to finally meet you. Hi, Dad. Thanks for coming in. You're quite welcome, son. I'm always here to help you with your little projects. <laughs> Who are these two chuckle fucks you're talking to? <laughs> hey, Mr. Lynch, uh, what did you think of the overuse of flatulence in the lighthouse? <laughs> good oh, answer oh, Dave <laughs> I did not know it could be so vulgar I've had too many chimichangas today <laughs> David Lynch just put his ass In front of the microphone Oh that was a wet one <laughs> This is not called for Dave Do you have any questions Adam For the brilliant David Lynch About Robert Eggers The Lighthouse Uh, it, will, will you <laughs> Will you include mermaids in any of your future films? Six vagina. <laughs> Why six? That's a lot of vaginas. I have nine dicks. <laughs> you know what? Not surprised. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Lynch. 
<laughs> David Lynch, uh, w- what was a better film, Lost Highway or The Lighthouse? Avengers Endgame. Oh, that is great cinema. Who is that that asshole Marky? What is he saying? That is great cinema. <sighs> Could not agree more. Were you like uh, script doctoring that movie when it was in production? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> 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 All right, thank you, Mr. Lynch. Goodbye. You've been great, man. That that was that. What a treat. Yeah, it's great to have him on every once in a while. What a treat. Hey guys, I'm back. What's up? Yeah, what a, what a treat <laughs> to be able to speak to a Hollywood legend. Thank God your father is on tour, David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, so- Dad. I love you. <laughs> is it? Wow, it's it's a very it's a very close relationship you guys have. That's nice. Too close. <laughs> Too close. Un- unfettered yeah. access to David Lynch. <laughs> Only here on Movie Hopping. Mm. <laughs> hey, Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, uh, Greek mythology guy. Oh, yeah. Tell us about this ending, because this was mm. something I researched after the fact, and it became yeah. more clear. Oh, yeah, I, I picked up on it immediately, because I, I, I love Greek mythology quite a bit. And, uh, well, it, it, it references Prometheus. Yeah, it references the 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 myth of Prometheus and how I, I guess how he took fire from the gods and gave it to humanity, and then he was punished for that, and he was chained to rocks, and an eagle forever will come down and eat his organs. So that's the the most basic version of that plot. I'm, I'm I don't know quite how it connects to the lighthouse. I just know that the imagery is there. Yeah, so. I don't know. What is the moral of the story in terms of Prometheus? Oh God! I mean, you 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 could read it as you know, it doesn't matter you know how great your intentions are, you could still be punished for doing something wonderful. Is that anywhere close to the moral of the lighthouse? I don't know. Probably you know I mean? not. I mean, because I mean, the lighthouse is. Oh God! De- de- deciphering the general moral of this movie is a little more complicated, in my opinion, because I feel like the story of Prometheus. Greek myth us- myths usually have like one clear point that they're making for every single thing that they do, and they're not complicated. They're not. They're not the hardest things to decipher. And in some instances, they flat out tell you. Right. Whereas, I mean, this was almost like. <sighs> I mean, the, the, like I said, the imagery is there. I'm just trying to understand how it stacks up next to i guess what, what the movie's about because again i i didn't necess- on first glance i didn't think that the story of prometheus connected with what was going on in this movie because mm-hmm. i mean his relationship towards uh uh robert pattinson's relationship towards will of the foe is not at all like like the relationship between like like prometheus and zeus for example or yeah. poseidon or anything like that it's very different. Well, I uh, you also get the sense that Robert Pattinson gave into temptation going to get yeah. that light in the lighthouse, which is like you could you whatever know, that Pulp Fiction glowing item was in there. It's like the you know the story of Icarus, right? And, you know, and flying too close to the sun and that kind of thing. Yeah, it was more that um, Prometheus, you know, getting knowledge for the betterment of mankind is yeah. kind of a noble task, and I didn't I didn't sense that what Robert Pattinson was doing at the end of that movie was noble by any means. No, that's he was sort of. Acting in spite of God. It's very selfish. Yeah. Yes. And was like, fuck you, dad slash God slash boss. And that's where I, I connected it to Icarus. Yeah. And it could just be an example of Robert Eggers just blending stories for yeah. whatever feels right. 
and giving him what he deserves. It's like, oh, you know, Icarus deserved more than just to burn alive. He needs to have his organs being eaten out by birds and whatnot. Yeah. So I'll blend that with uh, with the story of Prometheus and whatnot. Yeah. You know, because it's, I guess maybe it's somewhat applicable, but it's not, it's not really the meat of the story or the heart. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. I think it's a treatise on the 1%. Oh yeah, haves and haves nots. <laughs> yeah, is that what it is? Here he is, the social justice warrior of the group. Yeah, we needed him. Ugh, mm-hmm. fine, go ahead. Tell me about why Bernie Sanders should be president. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me he more. Okay. <laughs> is that a David Lynch take, or is that yours uniquely? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I wonder what you think. No, I mean, I think it's I think it's just the hubris of man and I, yeah. I, how, how we're all fucked. I mean, I don't know if that's entirely it, but that's the general sort of mm-hmm. idea, I think. Right. Right. It it, could, I mean, it could be that simple. I don't know. Well, I just think it's Probably about... Probably not. I think it, it's more about men than anything else. I yeah. think it's, it's about yeah. like men's un, uh, unseeming impulses mm-hmm. and like what they're willing to do to like satisfy their sexual pleasure and their <laughs> their their uh their quest for power and their quest More for than knowledge it. and their yeah, their quest for escape i mean like robert pattinson is a sexually repressed dude that's like masturbating to wooden figurines yeah, exactly <laughs> and uh you know that lighthouse is this alluring object that mm-hmm. he says he can't have so of course he wants it more because willem defoe says mm-hmm. you can't have it mm-hmm. and he wants oh. power over defoe and he wants pay and he he all this shit that men just instinctively want mm-hmm. and you put them in these close quarters and this is what happens. And also the need to escape too through was, booze. Yeah. Um, I definitely got that though, especially the power struggle. Yeah. Like, like just trying to have something on this, on this Island that's yours, even if that means, you know, belittling the guy next to you, Yeah, which I thought was very interesting. And ultimately if you, if you let that get the better of you where that could lead. So I like that a lot and I definitely like the escapism aspect to it because those i mean those two themes to me were the most prominent and that's kind of what kept me going more more so than even the folly of man but well maybe the folly of man but not in the way that i expected i suppose yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah all right i like i I, I, you know maybe i love this movie i fucking love this movie. (laughs) maybe i do love this movie I, yeah. I absolutely adore it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it will be very high on my top 10 list yeah. at the end of the year. Better or worse than Midsummer, guys? Oh, please. Mm. But I'm the wrong guy to ask. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to I wanna like actually sit down and like listen to the audio recordings of the interview that Robert Eggers had with Ari Aster. They, oh, really? Mm. They did one? Yeah, yeah. They, they talked yeah, they about the A24 podcast. Yep. Oh, awesome. Great show. Mm-hmm. A twenty four pod is very good. I need they've to, had some awesome conversations on there. I need to. I need to do that. They had like a conversation about like, their love for Bergman, mm-hmm. so I would love to go back and look at that. But watch some Bergman, Nico. Okay. You oh you haven't seen any Bergman? I have. Well, I mean, I know about what's the chess one? Oh, Seven Seal. Have you yeah. seen that? I no, but I like know the illusions and everything. Like I I know mm-hmm. Bergman without having seen any Bergman. Okay, but I guess I actually need to dig in and start doing mm-hmm. it. See that mm-hmm. and Wild Strawberries and yeah. Persona, yeah, and a few others. Uh, also, uh, I know like Eggers was heavily inspired by who's it? Tchaikovsky, Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky, Tchaikovsky, Tchaikovsky. They're all Russian. <laughs> They're all the same, man. It might as well be Facebook bots. They all have the same name. Um, <laughs> I know, like he did, like Stalker, right? That was like yeah, his stuff. yeah, yeah. Which I wanted to do for 1979, but you refused. Ooh. One of these days we'll do yeah. it. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever. So yeah, he's really into that. Is he? He's Russian though, but he's into like the sort of 
foreign absurdism expressionism tarkovsky yeah it's surrealist expressionism more than anything maybe not maybe not so much with like andre rublev but like definitely with solaris definitely with stalker okay oh yeah yeah so all that stuff that's certainly a blind spot for me but maybe i'll start like digging into it you'd hate it okay (laughs) no like like, there's no i loved this though i really like this movie a lot no there's like two cuts in a tarkovsky (laughs) film (laughs) oh no yeah you would you would hate it you would hate it i think there's some tarkovsky influence in david lynch's uh in twin peaks season three not to bring that up. Well, again, I wouldn't yeah. know about that. Don't you spoil that shit. How far along are you, goddammit? I'm like, I'm almost, I'm like halfway through with season two. Wait, wait, did you see the episode? Episode I, eight? Or episode seven, season two? Yeah, I think so. The Were killer you, revealed? Yeah, it's 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 Bob and it's it's the dad and... Spoiler. Oh. <laughs> you know that other... What'd you think, goddammit? What'd you think? Well, it's, gr- it's, it's great, but it's like, it's episode seven. It's kind of weird. Where's it going to go? That's like the big turning point. Oh, my God. You know who else said a similar thing? The executives at ABC. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we know who the killer is. Okay. Doesn't this change everything for you? Well, what, what is, what's the rest of season two? <laughs> nonsense until the end. Well, Absolute nonsense. Well, shit. Absolute nonsense. But then you get to season three. You get over the hump. Okay. Why is this a thing, yeah. by the way, we'll be doing some Twin Peaks content yes. very shortly. Very, yeah. We actually have some we things have lined and, up on the schedule. And I need to like get my shit together. You gotta get your shit together because we're gonna be doing a Fire Walk With Me podcast at some point. Yay! Okay. Yes. Can I come? Uh, no, because we're gonna have other guests on for that one. Okay. But you're free to come on for our Season 3 podcast. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. I know how much you love Season 3. I would love this to do Season the water. 3. Yeah. This is the well, Nico. This is the well. Drink full ah! and descend. Well, so terrifying. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Got a light. <laughs> Got a light. Got a light. Oh, what is that? Uh, <laughs> that's the lighthouse. Yeah. Any other hanging cinematic thoughts, gentlemen? Well, go see it. Anything you want to get yeah. off your chest? No, I, I don't, I don't Outside feel- of the lighthouse or regarding the lighthouse, either or. Midsummer rules. Okay. Midsummer does rule. We know we've established. Midsummer that. does rule. We've established. It's quite good. Yeah. It's quite good. What else are you excited for coming up? I am. Ex- oh, Tribrio, what are you excited for? Waves. Mm-hmm. That, uh, me too. Trey Edward Schultz movie. Oh, the yeah. Irishman. Me to too. a certain degree. Yep, me too. To a certain uh, degree. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Almost four hours. That's going to be a trip. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. Give me seven. No, you're Give lying. Seven. <laughs> you're so full of shit. I'm not. Yeah, you are. I'm not. All right, whatever. Me? Uh, Marriage Story coming out pretty soon. Marriage Story, yeah. I'm excited for. Yeah, 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 kind of. Mm. Right? Kind of. I'm, I'm, the movies I am kind of excited for. The the movies you just listed, mm-hmm. um, Marriage Story, yes. Um, oh, yeah, Uncut Gems. I'm sorry. Uncut Gems, yep. Fuck to the yes. Go ahead. I've become more excited for Uncut Gems than the other films on that list. Yeah. Oddly. Mm. Uh, couldn't care less about uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Doctor Sleep. I'm very excited for Doctor Sleep for some reason. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped, man. I think we're gonna have a really fun stretch here. Oh, I, I, I'm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this I w- year is gonna turn around a lot in the next two months. I could be totally wrong, but I th- I th- these are movies I am exclusively interested in. I think know? I'm happy being unhyped for a lot of these movies because mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna be pleasantly surprised by most of them. Yeah. So. 
Uncut Gems has the uh, the the chance to either be my favorite movie of all time or to just ruin me. I may never watch a movie again after Uncut Gems. Like if it's bad? Yeah, like if I don't like it, it's just like what's the point anymore? It's not going to be bad, but what you mean like what if you're like, "Uh, eh, it was okay." Like that? You mean? Yeah, if I'm just eh, it's okay, it will be a colossal disappointment. What do you want it? What's your standard? What do you need it to be? I want like casino, Ow. but with basketball gambling. But you don't. That's what I want. But you don't like casino. No, but it's got to be just as cocaine infused, <laughs> and it's got to be you know, it's just got to be a trip. Okay. It's Goodfellas, but you know Adam Sandler's in it, and he's a degenerate gambler, which he already is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. It just that. stars Nico, actually, a degenerate gambler. <laughs> Hell to the yes. <laughs> uh. All right. That's all. That's a podcast. Yeah, yeah it okay. is. Jabril, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me again. Thank yeah. you. Of course. Well, yeah. Come back anytime. I'm glad you love this movie. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I, I, I love this movie too, I think. Yeah, I think I'm there after right. discussing it. Check us out. Website, tmt.media, too many thoughts, media.com. Lots of fun content, including next week, our exploration of Stephen King. Movie Hall of Fame, class of Stephen King, next week. Mm. We're talking Carrie, The Shining, Stand By Me, The Running Man, Misery, Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and The Mist. Yep. Next week on Movie Hall of Fame, one of them gets into the Movie Hall of Fame. Ooh. Yeah. Which one? Who the hell knows? We'll find out soon enough. Mm. Yeah. Until then. It's The Running Man. (laughs) It's definitely The Running Man. (laughs) (laughs) We're out of here. Love you all so much. Until next time. Happy movie hopping. Bye.